Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Cornelius. I am your host, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, and you are very welcome to the podcast. It's the podcast show. Oh, 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 yeah. I am in the John Hume War Room. It is the 20th of May. We are in summer. I'm looking out my window. It is green. It is warm. Life is blooming. Grass is growing and being smoked. Um, But not right now. Not right now. I got gig in the Coca Club tonight. I'm hosting the Late Show. We got a super secret headliner. That super secret headliner is Chris Kent. I'm allowed to say that now because by the time you hear this podcast, the gig will be over. <laughs> um, if you do want to come and see me, come to the Everyman next Thursday. I am doing a gig in. It's uh, for. Um, it's called uh, Jokes for Strokes. All the money is going to the Stroke Foundation. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Um, my uncle is going to be at it. My uncle from Texas. Shout out to Uncle Mike. He's going to be at it, and uh, my aunt Deb, my cousin Tanya, um, Mike is um, Mike had a stroke a couple of years back, and um, he has a remarkable tale to tell. And would you like to hear what that tale is, guys? Well, I tell you, you have some good news. You're going to hear it because Mike is coming over next week. My grandmother is ninety, and we're having a big, massive family dinner for her, and we're going to do a podcast. Myself and Mike, my 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 closest closest uncle um the guy that i i hold in such high esteem a man that was there for me when i was at my lowest and um and picked me up and helped me and showed me nothing but love and wanted absolutely nothing back from me and um and and that's i really think that is that's what it is like that's what love is isn't it when you you just give without the intention or the requirement of something coming back. And uh, yeah, so we're going to do a podcast with him next week. <coughs> Mike has a, he's got a fascinating story and I'm going to be, that's going to be filmed and put up on YouTube. So that's that's great. That's great. Trending topics with Cornelius Petrico Sullivan. Hashtag blur. Again, caveat, I literally just went onto my phone before this podcast started. Saw that blur, Sinn Féin, and Cork City were trending. So blur. Let's talk about blur. I don't know, A, I don't know why they're, uh, trending i loved blur when i was a younger man i still like their music damon albarn is a bit of a comedic genius and their fa- my favorite album that they have is blur blur and that's they've got a very famous song on that it's it's the second track on the album and it's titled song two you definitely know it Woohoo! i got my head shaved by a jamoche it wasn't easy. Anyway, hashtag Sinn Féin. <laughs> That's a little bit of a segue into Sinn Féin. Uh, Sinn Féin in the membrane. Sinn Féin in the brain. 
Uh, really interesting. I met someone who works or is trying to run for uh, Sinn Féin there recently, and they put me totally off voting for Sinn Féin. Uh, um, just because they're a bit of a fucking dickhead. Um, but I suppose I can't let that tar... Uh, my whole opinion of them. I do think that this country needs change. I do think there needs to be a political change. And I think Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are just slightly different colours of each other. And they really are more interested in holding on to power than anything else than actually doing good. Um, and I'm not saying that Sinn Féin will do good, but give them a fucking chance. And we did give them a chance. Sure, they were voted in as the popular group the last time, but the other two oligarchs joined together and um, said do you know what we don't want to give these guys the power so we will join together and <laughs> even though we hate each other we will we will still rule at least we'll be rulers you know this is the <laughs> and they're not Russian either hashtag Cork City Cork City was trending I just was like I don't know where they talk about Cork City the soccer team or Cork City the actual city but I'm going to talk about the city and it's dilapidated, lads. I love Cork City. I work there. I'm up there all the time. And I'm on the streets. I'm pounding the pavements. I'm looking at... Like, North Main Street is like something out of... Um, like, if you walk down North Main Street and you just look up at the skyline and look at the buildings, there's roofs missing off buildings. There's, you know, slates coming off uh, off of off of roofs. Uh, it's unkept it's unpainted um and then there's but it's still a vibrant fucking street it's like a fucking it's like a stream of of a, a real insight into cork is to go down main street north main street because i'll tell you there are so many there's so many different types of shops there now um you know you, you've got and from all different kinds of nationalities and um it's just neglected and it's sad to see it, that it's neglected, but it's also nice to see that in the neglect, life is steaming in, you know. And that concludes Trending Topics with Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan. And this week, I want to talk about dreams, guys. That's what I want to talk about, dreams. And I tell you, <coughs> dreams are what fuel me most of the time. I swear to God. I'll be driving to a gig, and I'll, I'll just start dreaming about something you know and like <laughs> sometimes those dreams are absolutely ridiculous like um like a new like starting a new ga team for non-nationals and entering that team then into the north cork championship like and calling the club something like uh refugee rovers and uh, and somehow against all the odds we reached the North Cork final, where we show down against my long-term nemesis, Buttervent, who are going for, <laughs> let's say they're going for, they're, they're going for a historic, they're trying to emulate the historic one in a row done from a team back in the 1980s. <laughs> and the game is held in North Cork um, headquarters, Mallow. And Butterfant have torn asunder anyone who has dared to challenge their might. And as undefeated league champions, they are the bookies' firm favourite. The attendance on the day of the final is close to a thousand human souls. Now that may not seem like a lot, but 99% of them are for Butterfant. 
their fans can be heard chatting about open top bus parades. Some have taken Mondays and Tuesdays off. <laughs> it's going to be some session, boy. A small boy can be heard saying to his mom and dad as they look proudly on. <laughs> Banners of one in a row can be seen all around the town. So what if one is spelt incorrectly, lads? Do you know what I mean? Passion can often drown out intelligence, you know? It's not their fault that they can't spell one. The Butterfin team are on the pitch and they're doing their warm-up. And I'll tell you what, it would give Swan Lake a run for its money. It's both arrogant and imbecilic at the same time. Truly a sight for, for sore eyes. <laughs> Even the Mallow officials, who've no skin at all in this game, can be seen laughing. Yet Butterfant persevere. They've got this far on blind arrogance. Now is not a time to be developing self-awareness. But at the other end of the field, refugee rovers are in the middle of a running drill. There's not even a ball in sight. The truth is, they lost their ball in the euphoria of their very unexpected semi-final win against tournament favourites Ballyclaw, who, just like Butterfant, were going for their own record, albeit a five in the row. Rovers, as they're referred to, are a ragtag team of renegades made up of men coming to this country to escape certain death and or persecution. Most of families, some are displaced. Their lives have been torn asunder, cast into this world where the culture is different, confusing. Life is cumbersome now. Your identity is in question, and for what reason? You didn't ask to be here. This was not a choice that you ever thought you'd have to make. But here you are now, on a wet, lush, green field, on an island at the edge of Europe, thousands of miles away from your heartbeat. About to play an ancient native game in the belly of their home, with all their family and friends roaring on in vitriolic support. How the fuck did this happen? Suddenly the ball is hoisted into the air, and the O'Neill's rotates around and around and around as it fights gravity and it keeps ascending. All around is momentarily quiet as everyone takes a synchronized breath in and we're off. Coach Connie is on the line and he shouts in instructions. His bulbous eyes and frothy mouth are indicators that he is gone. He's in it, living it, being in the moment. Alive, A-L-I-V-E. We're only down two points at halftime against a relentless Butterfant attack. The first murmurings of discontent can be heard from the Butterfonians as a small but vocal cohort of refugee rover fans have found a lovely, cosy, unoccupied spot at the front of the stand and have been joined by a small but vocal band of neutrals. The score is remarkable. Refugee rovers, no goals and no points. Butterfant, no goals, 
two points. Both scores coming from a long distance free, aided, well, long distance freeze, aided by, you know, like a, like a, a ferociously strong, strong breeze. Rovers have surprised many with their tenaciousness. And though they haven't even ventured into their own half, they're within a kick of a ball from the biggest upset of all time. <laughs> the Bodovan manager is losing the plot in the dressing room. Expletives can be heard. Doors are banging. Bottles are flying through the air. Inside the Rovers dressing room, there is silence. Coach Connie is speechless. I don't think he even believed himself what was going on. He goes to speak, but he's beaten to the punch by a cornerback, the number four, a lad from Syria who just stands and says refugee rovers refugee rovers refugee rovers then someone joins in refugee rovers and another refugee rovers then we're shouting it, refugee rovers, roaring it, refugee rovers, screaming at the top of our fucking lungs, refugee rovers! We burst out of the dressing room and run past a dead silent 960 odd Butterfin fans while saluting the rovers cohort who are delirious with joy. Up goes the ball again. It's an Irish summer's night. It's wet. It's wild. Yet it's warm as fuck. It makes no sense. It's a fucking paradox. The next half hour is stretched out to feel like a long winter. Butterfin try and try, but they cannot break down the 15-month defence. They're impenetrable. And then... Even though they're winning, and there is no reason to, they start to panic. And the panic manifests the agitation. And in the frustration of not being able to break down 15 tenacious refugee rebels, their star forward lashes out and foolishly, foolishly, Right in front of a ref, he gets a straight red for a fucking headbutt. <laughs> They're down to 14 men. 14 men. Only two minutes left. The Budfant line makes a call that will go down in the annals of time as the worst decision of all time. They bring their goalie out to play centre forward. Sure, it makes sense they convinced themselves on the line. The refugees haven't even gone over the halfway line. They haven't dared cross it. Three minutes of stoppage time. Butterfin went a free in front of the goal, 30 metres out. 
the Potiphonians finally go wild. This is the free that they have been anxiously waiting to win. Finally, they can wrap this match up and swat away these pesky refugees who will not go away. These determined, dogged pricks who have the temerity to want what we want. The free taker pings it. The connection is sweet like chocolate. It arrows straight at the goal. The direction is perfect. The trajectory is low though. And bang! It hits the black spot of the crossbar and rebounds out at twice the speed it went in at. It comes straight back out over the heads of the players and then, as if by ancient Gaelic magic, the wind picks up and seems to grab the ball under her arm and take it beyond the halfway line and into the butterfront half with momentum carrying it all the way to the 21 where it starts to slow down and roll into the 13 and it keeps rolling into the square and onto the line and oh I'm after getting to the gig <laughs> brilliant I'm here I'll see you next week lads and remember Stehen bei der Wahl.